Welcome to the New Life Millbrook Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit nlmillbrook.com. Today is Pentecost, 50 days after Easter is Pentecost, and today we celebrate Pentecost. And, uh, you know, when we think of Pentecost, uh, the Jewish faith, uh, Judaism, they celebrate the Moses giving the law. That's what they're celebrating today. Uh, that is Moses giving the Ten, Ten Commandments to the, to the people. And we get to celebrate the fact that the Father sent the Holy Spirit because of the fulfillment of the law that was in Jesus. Amen? And uh, what, a, what a great thing. I mean, I, the law, Paul said, was his schoolmaster. It showed him he had a need for Christ. That before, when, you know, you're just out there as a, as a person, well, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it's, I'm all it. You know, it's all about me. But you realize when you start seeing God's word and the law and we begin to see who God is. This is his standard. This is who he is. And he said, the law was my schoolmaster, but it couldn't save me. It only showed me and revealed to me that I had need for a savior. Amen. And you know what? Being born again means that we've received that savior. But there's something about all that that the Lord uh, himself said in that Jesus. And he says, I'm going to send you another comforter. And we're going to talk about that comforter today. There's so many areas that you can go when you're talking about the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit was not just sitting around saying, you know what, I wish I had something to do. You know, the Father had intentions for him to come all along. Jesus wanted him to come and the Holy Spirit wanted to come. It's been his plan since the beginning. But one thing that we, we really need to grasp and get a hold of is, is not just about the gifts of the Spirit. We're not going to even talk about the gifts of the Spirit this morning. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to talk about basically speaking in tongues. But the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about. Because see, I've realized and relished the fact that I am filled with the Holy Ghost. Because I know what it's done in my life. It took someone like me who was a, uh, basically, I guess you could just say it, a drug addict. I never went a day for, I don't know, I think eight years without being high. Not one day did I miss. And he could take someone like that and do something in their life. And he didn't do it just because Jesus died on the cross. I believed he died on the cross. It, it started making sense when I was received the Holy Spirit into my life yes. and gave way to it and started yearning for the, and understanding what this was all about, the Holy Spirit. You know, in Acts 2, Peter's been ministering in the book of Acts, and it says in verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound of a, from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house that they were seating. And it appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each, one of, on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want you to notice something here. It says they were with all, with all with one accord and in one place. They were there. 
when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Didn't happen before Pentecost. Didn't happen on 48 days. Didn't happen on 49 days. It happened on the 50th day that the promise of Jesus, Jesus promised them and told them something. He says, now go and wait in Jerusalem because there's more. There's more. Say more. There's more. And if Jesus said there's more, it's because you and I needed more. Huh? Because what did they do without the Holy Ghost? As they took him and crucified him and, and took him away and beat him and all that, what did they do? Did they stand up and defend him and rally the troops? No, they fled out of fear. So it's quite obvious they needed more. Right? How many of you the same way? I mean, if you'd have been standing there, you wouldn't be saying, well, I'll tell you one thing, I'd have stayed there. I wouldn't have left. That's what Peter said. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You want to bet? Cock won't crow before you deny me three times tonight. So we think we're one thing, but Jesus knows us. And he knew one thing, and that was, you need more. Say more. Turn to the one next to you and say, you need more. I've known you for a long time. You need more. But he said, go to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Holy Spirit will come. And he says, and when you do, you'll receive power. He didn't say you might get some. He said you would get some. You would get the power of the Holy Ghost. And they were all in one accord. He says, and suddenly there came that sound of a, from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. And it did what? It filled all the house. Say filled all the house. Filled all the house. Said it filled the whole house. How many of you realize the Holy Spirit didn't come to just fill that part of you that's religious? Huh? He didn't come just to deal with, the, with your religious theology. He come to talk to you about you. He's there because he knows you need him's help when it comes to money. He's there because he knows you need help when it comes to relationships and when it comes to your job and when it comes to how you raise your kids. He knows. He came for all of those areas. Yet we think, well, that's for Sunday morning. Now, we're smarter than that. But do we yield to it? Do we yield to the Holy Spirit? You see, it says here, and they appeared. He wants to fill every area of our life, not just some of them. And there appeared in verse three unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it sat upon each one of them. Notice there in the scripture, it didn't say a big fiery cloud filled the room over all of them. One big fiery cloud. Didn't say that. Said that it was over each individual clothing tongue. You know why? Because God knows what Elaine Turner needs. He knows what Orlando needs. He knows what Mike needs. He knows what Marcia needs. And it's different. He knows what the Holy Spirit you know, can do just for you. It's not a blanket. This is what you got to do. Step one, two, three, and four. There's things that's happened in Mrs. Turner's life that I don't know. I don't have, I have an experience. It has no effect on me, but it has an effect on her. So Holy Spirit says, I'm personally coming to your house. I'm personally coming to your house. Hello. Is Jesus our personal Savior? Is he here? Or is he seated at the right hand of the Father? Huh? Where is he? Where did he say he was? And what's he doing there? He's interceding on our behalf. But one thing he says, it's expedient for, you, for me to go. Why? So the Holy Ghost will come. 
Think about it. And we've got him. He said right there. He said, and, they, and, and it filled all the house they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire and sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled. Say all filled with the Holy Ghost. You know why they were all filled with the Holy Ghost? Because Jesus told them, go down there and you wait. Wait, there's more. The Holy Ghost, the promise that I promised you will be coming. So they weren't sitting up there thinking, I don't know what we're going to do. I guess we're hit out pretty good from the Romans. I don't guess the Jews, uh, uh, you know, the, the high priest can find us. Not. Now they weren't worried about all of that. They had a promise that Jesus said was going to come. They were there expecting to receive. Yes. Are you hearing me? They didn't show up down there because there was no ball game on TV. They showed up down there expecting to receive the promise of God. Yes. And too many times we walk through life with obligations and no expectation. We ought to get up in the morning with an expectation that our God rules and reigns. And we're his children. And there's promises that come with it. We don't get up thinking, oh, I got to take a test today. I got to go to work today. We shouldn't get up that way. We ought to rise up and say, we got one more day to live in his fullness of the Holy Ghost. What has he got for us? I think some people, most Christians apparently, are afraid to let the Holy Ghost live in them, actually come alive and, and, and flow through them because they're afraid it might embarrass them. They really are. I don't want to fall down on the floor like a chicken. I don't want to bark like a dog. I don't want to do it. Holy Spirit, listen, I've seen this stuff myself, okay? But I'll say this, Holy Spirit has never told me to do that. He's never said, if you love me, you'll bark. Not one time has he ever done that. He has said this, uh, would you give them some money? Lord, I've, I've only got $100 with me. He said, well, I wouldn't ask you to give what you didn't have. Just give them the whole hundred. Now he's done that. Well, that, I don't mind letting him live through me like that. Can you go over and say something to them? Can you pray for them? Can you, would you go here? Would you go there? Would you do those things? He's never not one time ever asked me to fall on the floor and roll around. And I'm not saying that if you fall on the floor and roll around that, that you're possessed. I'm just saying get up different. You know, really? I've seen people come up to a little prayer line, have hands laid on them because they wanted the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They want to see their life change. They fell down mean and they got up mean. Shouldn't there ought to be a change? There ought to be something that happens in our life? Yes. And if not, it's a great opportunity to say, Lord, what happened? Did I not get it? Do I need to go up there again? Because I'm not giving up till I get what you told me was for me. Let people lay hands on your head. They rubbed the hair right off the top of my head. <laughs> but you need to come expecting. You ought to come to church expecting. You ought to come in here expecting to meet with the Lord. So I can meet with the Lord at home. You could. But you know what? If you're here, you know what you can do that you can't do from home? Go over and pray for somebody. 
give them an encouraging word, or it might just be your presence being here that encourages them. Just that little bit. You can't do that from the couch. The Holy Ghost use you. Come expecting to be used of God. Come with a song. Come with a hymns, what he says, right? Come with a word. Come with a praise report. Remember those days where people actually came to church and said, let me tell you what happened this week, what the Lord did in my life. Makes me wonder, is God quit doing things in people's lives? Because you don't hear about it anymore. Maybe we're not yielding to the Holy Ghost like we once did. Hmm? You don't mind me getting a little real, do you? We know we have the Holy Spirit and he didn't hold, and, and the Father didn't say, well, since you've been ignoring the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to take him back. Because he said he'd give it to you forever. So you can ignore the Holy Spirit being there, but it doesn't change it. He's there. And you know, while we're talking about that, I've seen people and I couldn't figure it out being, you know, young in, in, in the Christian walk at that time how they could be filled with the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues. I'm wanting to speak in tongues. But it just seemed like I didn't get it. But I believe that I received the Holy Spirit because I asked. And that's what he said, ask. But I didn't have, I, I didn't have the speaking in tongues. And really, I didn't sure that I really wanted it. Didn't understand the benefits of it or what it was all about. But I did notice that other people had it, but it didn't seem like it did them any good. <laughs> they were just as sorry as they were before. Now, this is coming from a guy who was a sorry individual. And I could notice sorriness myself. You know, I'm like, well, you know, hello. They may pray in tongues, but my goodness, look how they live. Now I got over to meddling, hadn't I? Okay, I'll get back to the Word. But I found that the Holy Spirit... It's a good thing. Yes. Matter of fact, Jesus said in Luke 11, 13, 11 through 13, he says, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will you give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would you give him a serpent? Or if he asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? If then you, being evil, know how to give good gifts, to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask Him? Hello. The Lord, the Father's not saying, you know what, I'm just not giving him to Linda. There ain't no telling what she's liable to do. She'd probably embarrass everybody. No. He didn't do that. Again, it says there, He's going to give it to everybody that asks. And they said there, and I love it, good gift. Now, in Acts 2, verse 38, we can skim on down there. It says, then Peter said unto them, after he preached to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see that? The gift of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is a gift. How many of you receive gifts from people saying, you know, I don't want that. Just throw it to the side or leave it sit on the coffee table for three or four weeks or just sitting in a room somewhere. No, you appreciate that gift. 
You open that gift. It's a treasure. It's their love, a way they express their love to you by giving you a gift. But not just a gift. He said it was a good gift. And the Father, because Jesus said, I will send, the Father will send because I'm asking him to, the gift of the Holy Ghost, a gift, a gift. You know, that word gift there is uh, doria in the, in the Greek, and it means a gratuity. Now, the Western 1828 Dictionary defines it as a free gift, a present, a donation, that which is without uh, a compensation or that you hadn't earned it in any kind of way, I'm going to give it to you. And once we realize it's not something that you can just walk around and say, you know, I got the Holy Ghost and, be, and, and speak in tongues or, or something like that. And I'm not knocking tongues. I speak in tongues, like Paul says, probably more than all of you. That's okay. And I sing in the Spirit. I was doing it this morning when Ken came walking back and he was like, look, is it okay to come in? But what I'm saying to you is the Holy Spirit in you has an assignment personalized for you because yes. he knows where you are. Yes. He knows why you think the way you think and act the way you act. And it could go back generations in your family line. This is the reason you do that. And you may never know, but he knows. He knows your, you could call it mental DNA, why you do what you do. And you sit back and you think, I just don't know why I do that. Well, you were raised that way. And your mama was raised that way. Your grandma was raised that way. That's why you're that way. It goes way back here. But if you'll inquire of the Holy Spirit and his assignment to you is to break that, to tear that out of you and start afresh and anew, just as it is when you get saved. You know, when I gave my life to the Lord, drew a line in the sand. No longer will my house go that direction. My family will no longer go that way. From now on, we're going in a new way. We're going to serve the Lord. We altered history that day, our, you know, the Lord and I. We altered history. Left alone, we were going to hell. Are you hearing me? We have to choose Holy Spirit, not just say, I've got him in my pocket. He's not a good luck charm. He is a gift. A gift. And you didn't earn it. You did nothing to do it. You just got it. So let's look at that gift that the Father has given to us. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, Jesus was saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father. Jesus says, I'm going to ask the Father. Do you think the Father says, you know, Jesus, I'm tired of you asking for stuff? No. I think that if Jesus asked the Father for something, guess what? He is going to do it. Why he loves his son. And it says, and he, the father, shall give you another comforter. That he, the Holy Spirit, may abide with you forever. How long? Forever. So we have Jesus saying, I'm going to pray to the father. That he would send the Holy Ghost. Got the whole Trinity involved here. To you. To you. And not just to be there and hang out, but to be in you. Say in you. It says abide with you forever. Forever. 
even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Do you see this? Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. They don't see it. The world operates off the five physical senses. It operates off the mind. Their mind, their, 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 the things of this world. And, it, and they get, gather information to fill that mind. It comes through the five physical senses. Things that we see, the things that we hear. Things we taste and smell and feel. Those five physical senses sends information to our brain. It logs it in there and they operate out of that. The world operates that way. You hear people say, well, I just don't see it. Well, there you go. But we're not to be that way. We're not designed or created to ever be that way. We were created a spirit being which has a soul and lives in a body. So we are spirit beings. We ought to be contacting spirits. Spirit talk to spirits. So we receive from the spirit of God. Not from this world here. And he said here. They don't know him. But you know him. The disciples, he said, you know him. He told him, he said, y'all know him. You know the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, we don't know the Holy Spirit. He said, yeah, you do. You know me, don't you? You know me. That's what he said here. He said, but you know him for he dwelleth with you. Have I not been dwelling with you guys for three years? Then you know him. He said, if you've seen the father, you've seen me. I mean, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Did he not say that? He's saying that about the Holy Ghost. And he says, and shall be in you. All Jesus ever was, was with them. He said, I'm sending the Holy Ghost and he'll be in you. Not just with you, but in you. Yes. Last week when you came over here to talk to me and I was talking with so-and-so, you had to wait. And then I left and you didn't get to see me. But I'm sending the Holy Ghost and I, you got access to me from now on. Are you hearing me? Yes. Could have titled this, What Are We Doing With The Gift Of God? 1 Corinthians 2 says this, Verse 9, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. The world is in constant contact with the world. They can't see the things that God has prepared for them. Eye has not seen it because it's spirit. Ear has not heard it because it's spirit. Neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God's prepared because you're not listening to the heart of God. You're, you're in contact with the natural realm instead of the spiritual realm. But once the Holy Spirit comes into your life, now it's different. Holy Spirit's in you. In verse 18, it says, I'll not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That's what he said. Jesus said, I'm going to come to you, but I'm coming to you in the Holy Spirit. Same person. That's what he's saying. The Trinity is going to live in you. The Father's in heaven. Jesus sitting next to him. Holy Spirit's in you. But there's no difference between the Holy Spirit, the Father, and Jesus. We're all the same. Holy Spirit's only going to say what Jesus would say. He's always going to report, show you Jesus. 
Jesus is always going to say, us honor the Father. Are you hearing me? This is what's going on here. So you have the Trinity, all of the Godhead basically, living in you. They're in just different places. <clears throat> Yet a little while the world seeth me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall live also. At that day, what day? Pentecost, you shall know that I am in my Father and ye in me and I in you. He ain't that day at Pentecost. He said, when Pentecost, I know you can't understand it right now, guys. But the day of Pentecost, when it happens, when it happens, you're going to realize that I'm in the Father. And the Father's in me. You're in me. And I'm in you. You're going to know. It. How are you going to know? It? Holy Ghost. He's going to start revealing it to you. He's going to start showing it to you. He'll start opening things up to you. And he goes on and he says, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved to my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. How? Through the Holy Ghost. I'm going to manifest who I am, the son of God, who the father is. And I'm going to do so in your life through the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is going to reveal to you who you are while you're here. And who the Father is. But you're not going to find it on 60 Minutes. You won't find it on Fox News. You're not going to find it in a jigsaw puzzle or a crossword puzzle. Life will just be a puzzle. You will find it when you seek for it with all of your heart. You'll find God. You'll find the Holy Spirit, what his, his plan is. Jesus said the Father would send another comforter. How many of you know they were comforted with him being there? Huh? This word comforter is as parakletos, and it means one call to the side of another. The purpose is to help in any way possible. The Holy Spirit is sent as one to come alongside of you like a friend and be there and help you any way possible. The picture of this would be a friend helping a person that's in distress or confused or in trouble. A friend comes and says, look, I'll help you out. And they come over there and they console you. They help you clean, help clean the house, get something ready, fix your truck, whatever it may be. That's what a friend would do, right? Come because you had need of. Them. And that's what Holy Spirit's there. He said, I'm here to help. Another picture of, a, of, a, um, a, of this paracletos is a commander like a general in an army. And he shows up because the troops have gotten discouraged and he gets in there and then he encourages them. You can do this. We're behind you. Yes. Are you hearing me? Yeah. And then another picture of it would be a lawyer, an advocate called to defend his client and plead his case. Holy Spirit's here pleading. Jesus is pleading your case and Holy Ghost is defending you. He's the the attorney there. He's the advocate. But the closest term for Paracletos is helper. Just plain helper. Just a helper. I received the Holy Ghost about 43 years ago, a little over that. And the term comforter has been very accurate in my life. There were times that I'd beat myself up for doing some of the stupid things I've done. 
and he comforted me. There were times where fear gripped my heart and he was there to comfort me and walk me through it and teach me, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm right here with you. No harm is going to come near you. It may look like it. It may look bad for you, but I'm right here. There's been times where I felt all alone, surrounded by people, but totally alone. Yet he comforted me. The greatest comfort comes knowing that he is there forever. He ain't never leaving. He's going to be there from now on. John 14, 26 says this is, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you things, all things, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I, the Word, have said unto you. Jesus said, the, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send. Notice there, it's the Father sending, Jesus asking, and the Holy Spirit saying, I'll go. He said, he's going to be there. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I, the Word, have said to you. So in other words, he's not going to say anything outside of what the Word is. John 16, 13 says this, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, and he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Holy Spirit, I've told you, first of all, he's a comforter. He's your helper. But he's also, what else? He's your guide. A guide. When I think of a guide, you know, if you look that word up in the Greek there, it would be listed as a conductor. But not like a conductor of electricity, but like a train conductor. What does a train conductor do? Train conductor, he, he's on the train with you, is he not? Sure he is. And he answers your questions. You ask questions, he shows, tells you the answers to them. You ask him, say, well, where's the dining car? He'll say, it's right down here on the right. Just go down through there. You know, if you've got a, so the Holy Spirit being the guide will accompany you on your journey. He will show you places of refreshment where you can get food and water. He'll show you to your seat. He'll even show you to your sleeping car. And he answers your questions and he does so with great detail. And he shows you how to operate devices on a train. We were in Italy and they had Wi-Fi on the on the, the train, it was a high-speed train, it was about 200 miles an hour, and uh, I had no idea how to use Wi-Fi, and that's fine, didn't care. I was looking out the window anyway at all the scenery going through there, but, but I had no way to hook it up, but a conductor could have, would have been able to show me, let me see your phone. Hooked it up, there you go. Gave it to me. Why? Because that's what he does, and he's a conductor. Acts 30 says this about, 8.30 says this about Philip said Philip was down in the desert. I'll paraphrase it for time's sake. He was out there in the desert and, and uh, here comes this cart coming by with a, a little entourage there and a guy sitting up there, a man from Ethiopia. And he came, he was going down through there and there was Philip and, he, and the guy right reading up there, the Ethiopian man was reading there in Isaiah. And he says, hey, what you, what you reading? Yeah, I'm reading Isaiah. He said, oh, really? He said, yeah, he said, but I don't understand any of it. Man, I, I don't know which way is up. I, I just don't get it. And, and he says, oh, well, that's, that's good. He says, 
I can explain that. He said, well, hop on up here with me. And here's what the guy said to him. Because he had questions. And Philip, uh, let's see, he said, the eunuch answered Philip, I pray thee of whom the prophet speaketh of himself or another man. Then Philip opened his mouth and says, uh, began to start ministering the word to him. And he said to him, uh, how can I accept some man should guide me? How am I supposed to understand this unless I have somebody to guide and, and guide me through it? He desired Philip that he would come and to sit with him. And so Philip did so. And guess what happened? He revealed unto him the gospel to the place where they were going out there. And he says, well, wait a minute, Philip, there's water. What's to keep me from being baptized? He said, nothing. So they got out and what happened? He baptized him. And when he came up out of the water, guess what? He's by himself. Now the guys up there at the cart and the people with him on his trip, they all saw it. But when Philip came, when he came up out of the water, Philip was gone. God transported him to another place because he had another assignment. Can you imagine being the Ethiopian man like the guy put you under and you came back up and there ain't nobody there? Well, where, where did he go? That would probably cause change your life forever, wouldn't it? Well, sure it would. There he was standing out there by himself. Holy Spirit, another thing it says he's, he's called to do, not just to be a comforter, not just to be a guide, but also a teacher. And he said that he would reveal things that we don't understand. That's what teachers do. They reveal things to us. They also answer questions, give assignments, grade and evaluate and reteach if necessary. Huh? Which is most of the time, right? But think about that. They give assignments. Holy Spirit has come not only to teach you, but give you assignments. To grade your assignment because he wants you to be better at it. He wants to say, if you really care about being uh, to doing a good job for whatever God's called you to do. You say, well, Lord, did I do OK? Is everything, I mean, could I have done it better? And the Holy Spirit said, well, you could have done this. You could should have done that. You could have perfected it a little bit better. Why? Because you're wanting to be pleasing to the Father, right? And Holy Spirit saying, I want to teach you to be, to a little bit better about it so you can do more, because the more you do this, the more honor you're going to get the Father. He said he's going to teach us. He, the Holy Ghost, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. The Holy Spirit teaches the same things that Jesus teaches. Are you hearing me? Not something different. It's not a different gospel. He teaches exactly the same thing. All things means all things, including the very presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you why he's there. And how he's to help you through the trials of life. Holy Spirit will teach us of the indwelling presence of God and teaches us the love that the Father and the Son has for us. Luke 12 says this, uh, verse 12, For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. That is something that we ought to all grab a hold of. And that is to shut up. How many times have we spoken things when we should have been quiet? 
Something happened and we do what? We open our mouth, insert foot, cause problems, do something stupid. But if we would have been quiet, said, Holy Spirit, I need some help. He said, I will teach you what you ought to say instead of what you said. Hello. One hour. Do you know why it would be within the hour? Because for 59 and a half minutes, you're mad. It doesn't take him about 30 seconds to teach you. And you'll know it's the truth. But the other 59 and a half minutes, you're mad. You're all being moved by what happened. I can't believe they did this. So-and-so said this. That's just not right. And once you calm down, Holy Spirit will show you. That is when you open your mouth. Not before then. Because the Bible says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. It says that the tongue, the words that you speak, are destiny. The words are contain destiny. The words that you speak in James, he said, that it sets on fire the course of nature. And if that being the case, guess what we need to do? We need to shut up and speak what Holy Spirit tells us to say instead of what's, what we want to say. He said, if you'll listen. So one of his assignments is to do what? I'm going to tell you what you ought to say if you'll just wait. Just be quiet. Seek me first. How many of you know too many times we want to respond, I mean react, instead of respond? He said he'd show us things to come. That's another assignment of the Holy Spirit. Show you things to come. He says, how be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, and whatsoever he, he shall hear, that will he speak, and he will show you things to come. Jesus said the Holy Ghost will show us things to come. How many of you know that most people, Christian people, Allow the media to tell them the things to come. Hello. They let Fox News tell us. They let Max News or whatever, all these different news outlets, the Internet, the radio station, commentaries, uh, the, the people out there doing talk show. Everybody is telling us the things to come. But the Holy Spirit said, I will show you things yes. to come. That's right. And if he said he's going to, I choose to believe Holy Ghost. I've come to a place where I've even heard preachers tell us things to come that didn't happen. Yeah. Happened just a few years ago, did it not? Trump, four more years. Lord said, Lord said, four more years. He might be, but it wasn't these four years. Huh? And everybody got mad. It's conspiracy, 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 all kind of stuff. I believe if the father wanted him in there for four more years consecutive, he'd have put him there. He could do it. I mean, do you realize the whole world don't want Jesus to come back? But he's coming back anyway, whether you want him to or not, whether you're ready or not. Well, I had gone to, I wanted to go see that movie before he came back. They ain't going to stop him. He's not going to say, well, I'll give you another two hours. Go down there. I'll be waiting. (laughs) He's coming back when the father says, Jesus, go get your bride. Do you think he's going to say, he's longing for his bride. Do you think he's going to say, well, I've waited this long. I can wait another bit long. No. You just be left out in the cold. Our expectations are to come from God, not the spirit of this world. 
Because see, when the media begins to tell you that there's a recession, that there's a depression, that there's uh, a war fixing to take place and break out, and they're telling us all these things, it might be so. But that's not our expectation. Our expectation is the Holy Spirit's going to walk us through it anyway. How many of you went through the 2008 financial mess up? Everybody here. Did it happen the way they said? Housing crisis. For all this time now, for the last three weeks, what have we heard? I got to fix this debt ceiling. You ain't going to get your Social Security check. You won't get your government check. You won't get this. You won't get that. Get wrapped up in it. Let your whole emotions, your whole thinking, all this be wrapped up for the three weeks. You can't hear from God. You're listening to that. And then you find out, oh, well, they came to an agreement. Well, what did I just do for three weeks? I can tell you what you didn't do. You didn't hear from the Holy Ghost. What if they didn't pass the bill? Shouldn't you have been tuned into the Holy Ghost so he could tell you what to do for the last three weeks so it wouldn't catch you off guard? No, but well, I've been, I want to listen to them, though. Holy Ghost will cast out all your fears because the Bible says perfect love cast out fear. And if you want some perfect love, then you're going to need to get with the one who is love and he will tell you. John 14, 26 said the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you and show you these things to come. Now, I've already did that. I'm not on page three. I'm on page five. I'm going through it quick. All right. I read this to you, but we're going to keep reading it for you. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, But it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. We're so busy hearing what the media and the world tells us that is prepared for us that we're not listening to what God has prepared for us. It says, but 10, verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. It says that the world has no idea, but Holy Ghost knows. And we're out here wanting to find out all this information about what's going to happen with the, with the world and what's going to happen with the economy, what's going to happen in my job, what's going to happen, all these things. And we're looking to a source that is wrong. Holy Ghost says, I know God has planned great things for you. Yes. And I'm here. My job is to reveal those things to you. That's what he said. God hath revealed them to us by the Holy Ghost. Question is, is are we listening to him? How many times does the Holy Ghost start telling you the answers to a question you've been desiring to know and, and I just need to know, I need to know. Yet you ain't been quiet long enough to hear what he said because everything in your mind is still running through there of all the why it can't happen and what's going to happen that you perceive and if you'll just be still, there it is. It's like, just came to him just like that. Well, Holy Ghost probably been trying to tell you for about two weeks. You just finally got quiet. The world lives under the rule of fear because fear sells. Fear sells. Faith doesn't sell. Just believe God. People, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear about 
the, the calamities of the world. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says this, Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God. He said, we hadn't received the spirit of this world, then why are we wanting to fill ourselves with the spirit of this world? What we did receive was the spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know the things that, that are freely given to us. Holy Spirit's job is to reveal to us the things that are freely given to us. That is what we ought to be tuned into. What are we tuned into? Television, internet, other people, their opinions. But God knows exactly. And we don't do that. <clears throat> I know it seems like I'm beating everybody up. I am. You needed a good spanking. It says, which things also we speak not in the words with man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. If you're using your five physical senses to try to find out tomorrow, to find out what you're to do today, what happened last month or last year, it's not going to work. You'll hear something where they've changed history. But it might not be the truth. Holy Spirit knows the truth because he is truth. A few years back, I knew that... Uh, Holy Spirit said back in 2001, says, I want you to do this. I don't, he didn't give me full information. He said, just start doing a particular thing. He says, put up, put up, put up. In other words, I knew that things were running good. The economy was doing good. He says, I want you to put up, put up, put up. There's coming a time you're going to need it. And before it happened, he says, famine is coming. 2008 will happen. Famine. Seven years good, seven years bad. And he told me this. And so we did that. And guess what happened through the seven years of bad? We did good. Real good. Doing better all the time. Why? Take the time to listen to see what Holy Ghost says. Now I'm going to kick you in the head real good with this one. How many of you know that Holy Spirit will speak to you right in the midst of your sin? Huh? That's right. A few years ago, Malachi was birthdays coming up. Marcia wanted to go down to Florida. So I said, I'll go ahead. I'll fly down and meet you in time for the birthday and all that. So she went a couple days earlier. I show up at the airport, got my bag. It's hot, Southwest Florida. I get there, no Marcia. Take my phone out and call Marcia. I'm on my way. I'm, I, well, when will you be here? Uh, about 45 minutes. Yeah, it was. And he looked, you don't know. You didn't even pay attention. Here it is. I'm flying in. You'd think that when you get there, you, somebody would be there to greet you. I wasn't expecting a band or a banner saying, hey, baby. I was just expecting her to be there with a car. So I ended up doing all my stuff. She wasn't inside, so I got my luggage, you know, waited that. And so I'm like, kept looking around, can't find her nowhere. I'm like, okay, got my stuff. I go out front. Well, maybe she's just sitting out front. Got a great parking spot. So I go out there. She's not there. And I'm looking around, trying to survey the place. That's when I pulled out the phone. I'd been there that long. She, she's just now leaving. 
Where you been? I've been at the river riding around on a boat. Hello. Do you think for a minute that I was at peace saying, well, I hope she had a good time. I'll just sit here and see if Holy Spirit has anything for me to do while I'm sitting here waiting on her. No, I was fuming mad. I was looking around thinking, I know one thing, if it was me that did this, mm -mm, it would not be good. You left me sitting out in the hot sun, all by myself, I heard it. So I decided that when she got there, I was gonna do to her what she would probably do to me. The silent treatment. Just get in there. So we're going down through there and she's, she's driving. She says, I'm sorry. I really am. I, I just lost track of time and I said, I don't hear it. I don't hear it. It's amazing how I don't want to hear it. I don't want to talk. Then they talk. That's what I was doing. I said, I'm, I'm just going on with her. We're behind this big bus, city bus going down through there. You know, three lanes of traffic going this direction. Bus is here in the middle lane. We're right behind it. And as I'm arguing with my wife in sin, just, just that's all it is. Holy Spirit says, tell her to get in the other lane over there. The bus tire on the back is fixing to blow out and fly out. The bus is going to swerve in the lane. Have her get over there. So in the midst of me whining, I said, you need to get in the other lane. She says, why? I said, because that tire is going to blow out on the back of that bus there. And Holy Spirit said, get over in that other lane. She gets over in another lane. Boom! It moves like it. Do you think we stopped arguing? No! <laughs> you would think after the power of Holy Ghost in the midst of our mess, we would straighten up, but we don't. <laughs> we should have. I mean, that was a, uh, is that not a sign from heaven? You're sitting there and you're listening, and I'm looking at that truck bus. I see that left tire in the back there, and he said, it's about to blow out. Have her move over. We should be at a place in our life that Holy Spirit will tell us things like that, and our spirit hear it, even in the midst of our mess. But it doesn't come because you ignore Holy Spirit. It comes because you listen and know that voice. Isn't that right? Amen. Holy Spirit has a purpose. Jesus said this in 16:7. I'm running out of time totally. I hadn't even got to what I was going to preach. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Jesus is going to tell the truth. Can you believe that? Look at that. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Expedient. That has been ringing in my ears for three or four days. He's saying that word expedient does not mean come quickly. What it does mean is this. It's beneficial for you. It's advantageous for you. It is profitable for you. And he said this. Jesus said it is more profitable, advantageous, and beneficial for you that I leave. Because what I'm going to send to you is better. It's better. Now that's hard for a bunch of guys to grab and understand when they for three years have had Jesus with them. 
He has took care of every need they had, whether it be food, transportation, shelter, clothing, whatever may be happening, he provided all of it. And, there's, and, and you're saying to me that it's better for me to leave. It's been pretty good right now. Now you tell me it's better that, I, that you leave? Better for me? They didn't understand. Why? Well, they didn't have the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost was with them, but not in them. You see, the difference would be kind of like this. Uh, how many of you remember the, some of you young people don't know what I'm talking about, called a landline phone. Anybody here remember those things? We had one in the kitchen growing up and it hung on the wall. Now it had a cord that would stretch really from me to Bud. And we would take it, we'd be on the phone, you could walk all through the living room, you know, part of that, or through the kitchen, or, you know, in the dining room and all. And when I used to talk to Marcia, we'd do this, you know, I'd be talking and I'd do like this. Y'all know what I'm doing? I'm wrapping myself up with that cord all the way across. You could do that and get, I mean, it'd be all the way down through the, if your brother came by and bumped you, you would fall over and jerk the thing off the wall. And then get spanked over it or something, you know. Anyhow, this is what we did with the phone. Now, I was confined to there. If I wanted to be on the phone, I had to go to the kitchen. That's where the phone was. That's kind of like the way it was with Jesus. But now today, just take your cell phone out. Don't have to be in the kitchen. I can be at the mailbox. I can be in another state. I can be halfway around the world. And I can hear and make that call. Where before, they could only ask Jesus because they didn't have a phone at all. If Jesus wasn't standing there, they couldn't ask him nothing. And he said, it's better that I leave so the Holy Spirit can come. Now, don't go out of here saying that I said Jesus was a landline. But I want you to understand what's taking place here. But not only are you able to talk and ask questions? But right there on your phone, it's also the ability to answer all things. Holy Spirit's there for all the areas of your life. I'm going to read this scripture to you. I know it's 2 after 12 already. Some of you checked out and you'll miss what I'm about to say, but it's very important. Twofold portion. I'm not going to go over the steps of what you should do and all that kind of stuff and how to, uh, to, to get to know the Holy Spirit better and have Him speak to you and how to go about all that. There is a process and some things that you can do to where you can learn the voice of Holy Spirit, but if you don't do it, it ain't going to happen. But I want to read something to you right quick. Found in Ezekiel about the Holy Spirit. Verse 36, verse 26. I mean, chapter 36, 26. It says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart of, out, of the, out of your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh. And I will pray my spirit within you and cause you to walk in, the sta in my statues and you will keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave unto your fathers, and you, will, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. He said, I'm going to put a new spirit in you. 
And when that new spirit gets there, it will cause you to walk in my statues and keep my judgments and do them. The Holy Spirit, if you will listen to him, he will reveal unto you the ordinances and statues and God's ways. And you'll keep them and observe them because you understand, because now you've got it where before you just heard about it. He will teach you all things to come. The words of, of, of Jesus, his life. He'll teach you the, how to live. He'll teach you how to, to live by faith. He'll teach you the doctrines of Christ. And he'll teach you how to conduct your life accordingly. But it doesn't stop there. Verse 29. I will also save you from all of your uncleanliness and I will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. I will multiply the fruit of the tree and increase of the field that you shall receive no more reproach of famine during the heathen, uh, among the heathen. Verse 33, thus saith the Lord God in that day that I shall have cleansed you from all of your iniquities. I will also cause you to dwell in the cities and the waste, waste shall be built, builded, and the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, this land that was desolate is become like the garden of Eden, and the waste and the desolate and the ruined cities are become fenced and inhabited. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I am the Lord, buildeth the, the ruined places and plant that which was desolate, I, the Lord, shall have spoken it and I'll do it. He said this. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he said he was going to go into all of your life, not just the parts that you think about. There's areas of your life that has been desolate. There's areas of your life that's been broken down and ruined and discouraged and beaten up and torn up and caught on fire and burned all up. There's areas of our life that we ain't even... Didn't even want to go to those rooms because we're, it's like it's just a mess in there. And he said, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to affect every area. He's there for every area of your life. He said he's there to do what? Make sure that you're provisioning. He said, I'm going to call the corn in. And not just a little bit, it's going to increase. How many of you know when Jesus calls corn, corn comes? <coughs> Even in the midst of a famine, <coughs> it will be there. You don't have to worry about a famine. Prosperity is coming. Why? Holy Spirit's going to see to it that it comes to you. Here it is said there, and then you will be re re restored. No longer will you be a vagabond trying to find a place to go. He says, I'm going to take the very ruins of your life and rebuild, and they'll be better than it was before. He said, in all the desolate land, just been laying idle, grown up and all that, he says, we're going to till it. Do you realize he's going to use the Holy Ghost to till it with? He's going to dig it up, turn it over. Whereas it lay desolate in the sight that everybody walked by, the whole world's been walking by your life saying, man, they need to get a life. It's a mess. And at one time, that's what they used to probably said about me over there, doped up or whatever. He needs a life, man. This guy, his life is ruined. Holy Spirit will come in there and do what? Clean you up, fix you up, give you hope, give you a future. 
started telling you what to do and how to go about doing it. And before long, guess what? That old nasty mess that you, of a life that you had, it becomes to where people look and say, my God, it looks like the Garden of Eden. The Holy Ghost's job is to take, not only and, and tell you what the Father says, but to turn your life around, that mess that you have, into a Garden of Eden so that the world that walks by says, I know he couldn't have done that. I saw what, how it looked when he had control of it. But look where it looks now, and the Lord, he's the only one who can get the glory for it. Holy Spirit is not about you wallowing in the floor. Holy Spirit is about being your helper in every area of your life. Will we allow him to be that helper in every area of our life? If you'll give me just one minute which is a lie. There's things to do to develop that relationship. Number one, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. You need to choose a time. You need to choose a place where you and the Holy Spirit can get together. 30 minutes to an hour. And I'm going to say this to you quickly. Being too busy will rob you from hearing. You hear me? Well, I ain't got time. Everything has a price. You'll either pay me now or pay me later. Man, you know what the oil company says, you know, about changing the oil? Doing nothing is expensive. It costs you everything. There is a price of life. And we either pay it or we won't. 30 minutes to an hour is not bad. Just start with 30 minutes. Number two, when you find and you set the time and the place, expect to hear from God. Don't go out there thinking, I'm just going out here and see. I'm just going to wait. You know, you better go out there expecting to meet with the Holy Spirit. And if you do, you will receive. If it's an obligation. Now, we're not talking about Bible study. This is time where you set aside just you to go out there and hear the voice of God. How many of you know that one word from God can change your life forever? It has mine. Number four, don't do all the talking. Holy Spirit already knows you're messed up and he knows why you're messed up. You need to quit talking and let him do some talking. What we need to do is learn how to listen. He knows all the depths of your life. He said, be still, know that I'm God. Let Holy Spirit speak. He knows your tomorrow. Don't go out there and read your Bible. You want to read your Bible, do it before you went out there. Do it when you get back, but don't take your Bible out there. Let Holy Spirit talk to you. He will talk to you and he'll out there and he'll give you verses. And you can go back in there and look them up. You're learning to develop to hear that voice. Why? Because Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth in, not by the door, but unto the sheephole, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice, and they will not follow the voice of a stranger. Do you know the voice of the Holy Ghost? Do you know it with clarity? You go out and you take your kids to the store, you're walking around a mall or a big store, 
you hear, Mama, every mother in there knows, oh, that's my child. It don't matter if you can see them or not. Not all, all the mothers are going to turn around, but the mother that heard that child knows their child's voice and they will, right there. Do we know the voice of Holy Ghost like that? Pick up the phone, somebody call you on the phone, and talk to you in 15 years. You hear that voice, you know that voice. How? You've spent time with that voice. That's why you know that voice. Do you know his voice? I'm going to tell you something. When you go out there and you decide to do this, you pick your place, you pick your time, you go out there, let me tell you what's going to happen. You will be distracted. Are you hearing me? You will be distracted. I promise you, Satan will come immediately to steal the word that the Holy Ghost ain't even gave you yet through distractions. So what you need to do is just say, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm just going to sing a little bit in the spirit. I'm going to pray a little bit in the spirit or whatever. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm just going to sit right here. Because the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. Take a notepad with you. Write stuff down so you can look it up according to the word when you get back. So I'm going to just check this out. I'm hearing this. I'll check it out by the word. Lord say, good. You get to read it twice. Be observant to the things that are around you. I'm not talking about looking for snakes and spiders. I mean, just go out there. The Holy Ghost start talking to you about things. And you might be surprised to find out he's going to talk to you about things by the things that you're seeing with your eyes and the things that you hear with your ears. He began to show you some bug and what they're doing. And you're looking over there and you might think it's a distraction, but that ant over there is carrying a piece of, of a leaf or something that's five times the size of him. He said, you know what? If that ant can carry something five times bigger than him, so can you. But you'll do it because of the inner strength. And he'll begin to start talking to you about putting up in the midst of in the summer for the winter. And he'll start talking to you about things because that's what he does. See, Holy Ghost talking to us right now, but if you're not careful, you'll be looking saying it's 1213. Well, that 1213, that's, that's a long time. I probably don't know when I'm going to preach again, but you know, nevertheless, it happens. I love the garden. The garden's my place. I go up there. Why? And I like going in the morning because Jesus, in, in the word there, it says that God met with Adam in the cool of the day. That's in the morning time. He meet with you first thing in the morning. I want to get up with the Holy Ghost and get up there and talk. And you know what he'll do? After all the years of my gardening, he still meets me in the garden. You know why? Because that's our place. Get out there and what will he do? I've tilled that ground so many times and he still talks to me about tilling the ground. He still talks to me about the, the wayside soil. So Lord, is there any wayside soil in me? Yeah, remember I told you something, something, something. You didn't do a thing with it. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, but you didn't do nothing with it. You took my word and you let it fall to the wayside. You did nothing with it. I said, well, I'm sorry about that. I, I, why would I do that, Lord? Well, you did that because you let some distractions get in your way. He'll start talking to you about you. Are you hearing me? This is how you overcome. This is how the wasteland becomes fertile land, becomes the Garden of Eden. Because you spent time with him. You hear about the you're looking at the soil and, and, and all of that kind of stuff and, you, and, and, and understanding that the, the soil has everything to do with the seed and the outcome of the seed. You, you look and you say, a stony ground, there's areas of my life, maybe this area is really good. But he said he came for all the areas of your life, not just some of the areas of your life, all the areas of your life. Is there any areas of your life that's got rocks in it that you haven't developed, that you haven't removed? 
so the power of God can grow in that particular area of your life. Holy Ghost comes so he can. And he'll help you carry the rocks out because he's your helper. Is there anything in your life, areas of your life that, that's got weeds and thorns and it chokes the word of God out of your life? He's there so we can get it out. But are all, we're all good ground, all right? That's all for them other people. If you're good ground, we'll reap 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. One time I thought, man, if I could just get 10-fold, I'd be doing good. I'd like 10-fold return. Lord said, I didn't have 10-fold. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. I thought 30-fold would be good. How many think 30-fold is pretty good? How about 60-fold? 60-fold good? God didn't think so. God didn't think so. God didn't make any 30-fold seed, and he didn't make any 60-fold seed. He made a 100-fold seed. He doesn't want you to sell for 30-fold. He wants you to get maximum yield of harvest. And if you're not getting maximum yield of harvest, there's something that's causing a problem, and he come along saying, I'm here to turn your ruins and your desolate place into a garden of Eden. That's why Holy Spirit's there. Well, Lord, why, why am I only getting 30-fold? Well, I'll tell you why. You brought it up, I'll tell you. And he'll go to showing you, it's the way you think. Well, what's wrong with the way I think? You think like your mama. And she thinks like her daddy. And, she's like, and, and, she, and he thought like his great-granddaddy. And unless you change your thinking, the way you approach things in your thinking, not so much what you're thinking, because if I can get you to start changing the way you think, you won't even think half the stuff that you think. Because you'll start bringing it into alignment with my word. And if you'll do just that, you'll go from 30-fold to 100-fold. I could go on and on and on, but I'm going to stop. Every head bowed and eye closed, nobody looking around. You people that's already checked offline, go back and listen. You may be here this morning and thought, well, I know about the Holy Ghost, know about Pentecost, I've got the Holy Ghost. I pray in tongues. I've done this, done that. And that's great. But are there any areas of your life, any areas that Holy Ghost needs to enter into? I just want you to know that's why I came. God doesn't want any area of your life being unproductive. He said in John 15, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And either you get one or two choices, either be cut off or cut on, but you're going to be cut. And if you'll be cut on, you'll be pruned. And, you, and that means that you'll grow and you'll produce better fruit. And the only way the better fruit's going to get there is that the Holy Ghost gets in there and cultivates that part of your life. And if not, you'll be cut off. And you're sitting here tonight, this morning, and you're saying, you know, I know about all this. I just, somewhere through all this, have gotten distracted and I'm not doing what I know to do, and I'm, I'm not praying like I used to pray, and I don't spend that time, and it seems like I have gotten myself in such a mess of my time that I haven't got time for Holy Ghost, and I, I'm too busy. I, I got to make dinner and feed the kids and do homework, and I got to run to the ball field, and I got to do this, and I don't have that 30 other minutes that you're talking about, and the Lord says, you better find that 30 minutes or things are going to stay the same. If you'll take that 30 minutes, I'll turn your ruins into buildings and I'll take your desolate land and I will turn them into the Garden of Eden. Just that little bit of time. And the Lord says you'll come to a place where you're just riding down the road. You'll be hearing that voice. 
that you won't desire the radio anymore. You won't desire even Christian uh, music. You'll, you'll desire to hear just that voice and that voice alone because that voice brings life. Brings life. And he'll reveal to you what you have need of and show you things to come. And you won't have to run to the TV to try to find out. He says, I will show it to you. And if that's you this morning, I'm not going to just stop. I'm just going, I want you to understand this is a decision time in your life. If you make a decision right now, the chances of doing something about it is greater than if you don't make a decision. I just say, well, y'all go ahead and be blessed. Right where you're sitting, if it's a decision of yours to start spending time with Holy Spirit, to start knowing that voice, to once again start hearing it on a regular basis and not once in a while, if that's you, right where you are, I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm not asking you to do anything except make a declaration to yourself that from now on, I'm going to, 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 to spend that time. I'm going to do something. I'm going to, I'm going to hear the voice of God. I'm going to do it with an expectant, expectancy in my life. And right where you are this morning, I want to pray this prayer for you. Holy Spirit, bring back to remembrance to them the decision that they made and are making right now. When they find themselves so busy, when they find problems coming up and they find this going on and that going on, Lord, call to remembrance this decision to where they have it before them all the time. Yes, I'm going to work at that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And Lord, I just give you honor and glory and praise for you want to touch every area of our life and I give you blessing. I bless you, Lord. And I bless these people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.